0: This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Just to get this right, how do I pronounce your surname? <laughs> is it... Bu- Bourgeois. Bourgeois. Oh, okay, that's all right. I'll, I'll make sure I'll edit that out before the show just to make myself sound uh, professional.
1: Bourgeois. Bourgeois. No, Derek Bourgeois. Silent letters.
0: Oh, that sounds like Mr. Rumsfeld out of uh, the burbs now. Is that Slavic or something like that, is it?
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: Is that Slavic? Yeah. <laughs> Okay man, no worries. Editing is a wonderful thing, so I'll, I'll sort that out, that's fine. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys right back to the 1966, I believe, which is One Million Years B.C., the Ray Harryhausen classic stop animation movie. And joining me today is a fellow podcast host, is Derek Bourgeois. Derek, how you doing, man? Good to have you on board.
1: It's a long time coming, RJ. We were talking about this for so long and stuff about doing this. And, you know, we finally set a date to do it. Yeah. And it's here. We're going to be talking about kind of like a genre thing. This movie is a thing. and We'll get into it in a minute, but so good to hear you a, b- a big fan of your show I was a big fan of dude came from the 80s and uh, you were doing that and you yeah. know and you moved on and did bite Size cinema which is kind of like a branch off of what you were doing over there and it just gets bigger and bigger because you know you started out doing like you know 20 minute episodes and I'm like looking one day and I'm, like wow this is like a two-hour
2: episode what the <laughs> hell
0: is <going> on here? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of aggressed. It's, I've just let it go at a natural flow, if that makes sense. And I appreciate what you said there. It's just that, like I say, it started off as a bite size, which it is when I go sailor, I do little 20 minute episodes. And, um, usually, if I have a guest, I call it like the double the bite size episode, and, um, I did a treble the bite-size episode because I had Dan Bone and Kate Pollock, uh, one of my listeners, come on board. So yes, it is kind of, you know, it's branching out. I had a guest on the other, well, I did an interview the other day with John Campbell Hammond, which I was pretty excited about, so I'm hoping to be doing more stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I, like I say, like Indiana Jones says, I'm just kind of making it up as I go along, you know, and here we are. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, it's like, my shows are usually like that too, like, our my normal show, Cinema Tech. they usually, like, in the beginning stages, like, the early days, I used to start, like, at an hour, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, we're kind of going a little too far, not as much in-depth in these reviews, guys, we gotta get a little bit more flavor, because, you know, it just sounds like I'm, I'm doing a YouTube video, because I also... I do those two at time to time, you know, you know, in that sense. And it was like, it's just weird, you know? And then it was like, let's just fucking, you know, we were like, because we were kind of doing a non-spoiler for us. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. These movies are so old now. Mm. <laughs> Some of the movies we're doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's just spoil the fucking shit out of, the, you know, and if there's like a major plot point, we'll give a warning. Yeah. A big warning. If you don't want this ruined for you. Just skip ahead a few minutes and I'll do like a, you know, spoilers are done, spoilers are done, like fucking thing. I did that a few times. especially just she like old boy when we review that, you know. <laughs> There's a major like spoiler shit you don't want to know about that movie. It just makes the movie better if you don't know. Yeah. But it happens.
0: Well, yeah, sometimes, I mean, like I say, a lot of the movies I do with the old movies, you know, 20, 30 years old, 40 years old, going back, like the one we're reviewing today. Uh, I think VFW, um, Veterans for Foreign War, I think that was one of my latest movies that I reviewed, so I put in a big old spoiler alert on that one where it's new. But generally, um, I pull that in at the beginning. But um, Derek, do you want to tell us a little bit about your other podcast? Because I know that you're... Um, involved
1: in quite a few shows yeah I'm a podcast uh, whore if you would just call it you know Hmm. I actually have five podcasts which is insane if you know and you know it's crazy well the thing is most of them are like monthly yeah we do like a one show a month type deal so it's like always good to schedule those around the other shows it's always good, and some of them are, like, during, like, the, like, we're doing now, recording, like, this little afternoon show, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, my main show that I started is Cinema Attack. It's a uh, one that I branched off after I did a few guest spots on 22 Shots. And, uh, yeah, that one's fun. It's me and my two buddies from YouTube. Uh we just talk about movies and, you know, sometimes we have arguments, sometimes we just blow movies too, but <laughs> it, it's the way that it's a dice. Because that's the thing that I always say in this is not everybody's going to like what you like. And that's, what's fun about podcasts. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, in that yeah. Sense. We, <laughs> and you know we get in some arguments over some movies, like four of the apocalypse, <laughs> I'm going to just name one <laughs> off the top of the head, but, uh, it's a fun show. And then I made a little off branch show. My, uh, friend Carly uh celluloid dissections where we take one movie like it's kind of like what we were doing now today and you know she I'm getting her more in the cinema because she's a little bit younger than us dinosaurs okay. pun intended RJ uh, you know mm,
0: well uh, kind of goes what, with the theme today really <laughs> it's not a problem
1: you know <laughs> you know it's funny but uh <laughs> yeah we just I try to branch her out like when we did the crying game that was like our second episode we yeah. ever did uh we went really in depth on that, and you know, it was a great episode of that. And uh, you know, she's branching and learning more about cinema. That like, I like to teach her about other movies besides, because she's usually like into the horror movies and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm gonna show her like the Crying Game, and she would, like, her I want to hear like, so Carly, what was the big surprise of this movie? And everybody was like, mmm, a penis, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh huh.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say that actually. Yeah, that is a big surprise for that movie. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah. good that you're getting someone, you know, from the younger generation that is appreciating these movies. Um, I've I've got um, two children myself. My daughter's well, she's just turned sixteen, and she still she loves all these old movies. You know, especially the films from the eighties. I just done Willow with Dan Bone from Podcast and Haunted Hill and I said to him, you know, she 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 loves these movies and it's good that that generation is still appreci- appreciating them because i think a lot of these films from the 80s and i think ricky morgan would agree with me on this they've just got a lot of charm do you know what i mean and i think that's why they kind of continue and why people today love them you know as much as we yeah, do yeah for sh- yeah
1: yeah, for sure you you know it's uh, it sometimes backfire if you don't want to listen to the legend episode because it oh! sometimes backfires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no, tom you know, cruise yeah, yeah it's actually a very, <laughs> yeah it's a very racy episode that <laughs> one too because i'm pretty much just saying that everyone wants to fuck each other that whole movie <laughs> you know yes like, Lord of Darkness, um... i, I want to marry you lady come on let's go and get down and dirty i do some voices on that yeah because you know i'm not because i could tell like when we were getting into the pre up of it i'm like okay because the two i had actually had a guess and she didn't really care for the movie either. And so no. I was like, I'm going to try to make this fun for all three of us, so <laughs> bear with me, yeah. you know. So we just crack it on the movie a little bit. I st- I enjoy the movie for what it is. It-, it was like a nostalgia movie for me, though. But uh, I can see why people might not like it, because, you know, if you look at some of the dark production history mm-hmm. of that movie, it's like, okay, that makes sense why this wasn't as good as it is. Plus, it depends on what kind of the Plus, I made him watch both cuts, too, which is never... I, I learned my lesson there. Well, there's, <laughs> but, there's,
0: uh, there's one thing with Legend that I do like, and I think that's Rob Bottin with the uh, special effects yeah. in that movie. You can't take that away yeah, from it. Yeah, Lord song. of
1: Darkness's makeup is mm. amazing. Plus, oh, yeah. Uh, Ma- oh, Meg
0: Yeah. Tim Curry under that makeup. To- but um, we, we yeah. all have movies like that, Derek. I'm... You know, I'm, I'm a Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone fan, you know, and I know there's a lot a lot of people that don't like that film, but I just totally get it. So we all have those types of movies that we just, we love, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and you know, the, another show that I do is uh, They Are here, where uh, it's with me and my uh, friend Lacey, who's a, you know, she's a member of Cut to the Chase podcast, and we started mm. a Show recently, we actually just recorded our brand new episode. We had four episodes out, and we took kind of a little hiatus because we had other projects, yeah, that we we're both part of. But, uh, you know, what we do with that show is we usually take well, we think of a theme for a show, and then we pick two movies that we feel are, are not talked about enough through that theme. It's kind of like, uh, like the latest episode we did, Creature Features. This is a little hint of what's coming up, guys, and you know. I chose Slugs and she chose Splinter and you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the same thing where uh, it's kind of, you know, Lacey, you know, she's into the, the like the genre and stuff and plus we do other movies too besides that but it, it's crazy like when like the hear her say that she saw Slugs for the first time because I chose it mm-hmm. in that sense and you know I'm kind of branching out and teaching I'm teaching the Good word, you know, and that's always good with that one. Uh, That should be out soon, that new episode. And, you know, uh, let's see. uh, Oh, my horror show, my actual all-horror show, No More Room in Hell, which I do with Mike Merriman and Mr. Venom. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a great show. We're actually planning a few episodes, and we're actually on a nice wave of schedule. uh, Good stuff. I actually started out like a kind of, like, you know, fourth, like, unofficial host but then of course uh, the legendary Corey Grant had to step aside from that podcast and I became uh, kind of like the main host slash third host of that show and that's always fun you know I enjoyed working with Corey for the short period that I did because you know he's a podcast legend Yeah, it, it was a great experience with that aspect of it and uh, we're still going strong we're actually doing great with that and of course what brings us here to today and kind of the reason why I picked this movie is my podcast that I do, of course, on Legion Podcasts, our good brand home, you know, yes, is uh, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Mm -hmm. which I do with uh, Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast, Dog Manelli, and, of course, Mr. Venom again. And, you know, we talk about usually Japanese giant monster movies. We kind of do branch out and do other ones at the time period. You know, we... We do a lot of Godzilla movies, Gamera. Uh, we also take are in a, like a retrospective of the Ultraman series, which mm-hmm. has its ups and downs. There's some episodes I do like better than others, and I think we're gonna rank our like our top five at the end of when we get to the end of that show. But it's going great, and you know it's an easy format. Jerry has its ways. It's a show that uh, Jerry mostly, you know, he started the format, and then. We roll with it, it's his show, and I'm usually, like, uh, comparing monsters by what their hands look like. <laughs> <laughs> <That is laughs> like, Gigan has no hands, he has hooks for hands, he's like, I can't jerk off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm going to kick in the head.
0: That's what it's all about, man. Just throwing those in there. And like I say, it's all about the tangents and stuff like that. And by the sounds of it, you said you do four, five podcasts, sounds like you're almost beating Ricky Morgan there, because he's a, he's a guy with his hands in a lot of pies. So it's all good stuff, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had the honour to record Ricky a few times. Uh, yes. Of course, I chose uh, the legendary Dragon Wars for shortbread cinema to do with him. You know? Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's,
0: that's a great show, and he's having a good time with uh, Rad Movie Rama at the moment. So, um, yeah, he, he's great. I've got him on the show um, next week, actually, for Prince of Darkness. Um, oh, that's have- such a good movie. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. And also got Dan Bone. So we're going to be having a uh, triple the bite size there with that. So we're looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, cheers, uh, Derek. Thanks so for that, mate. If we, so shall we have a look at this film then? Shall we go back to 1966 and go back to those prehistoric times? Have a look at one million Let's years. do it. We'll okay, man. I'm going to
1: start, and start or, 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 yeah. Or. <laughs>
0: Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, we'll play you a trailer. And we'll be back soon. One
2: million years BC erupts on the screen with volcanic excitement. One million years BC, when the earth parted and the mountains fell. of man and monstrous beasts fought each other to inherit the earth. Since time began has the primitive scene been captured for the screen with such imaginative realism. Behold man one million years BC. Introducing the fabulous Raquel Welch, the sensational star discovery of this or any other year in one million years BC. See her as Loana the fair one, who deserted her tribe and risked her life to follow Tumac of the Rock People. John Richardson, as Tumac, as big and strong as the beasts he fought for surviving. <coughs> Pondi, the wild one, whom no man could resist. <coughs> See the fascinating, strange and fearful creatures who roamed and ruled the earth a million years B.C. The Brontosaurus a moving mountain of flesh and bone. The Pterodactyl, a flying reptile with giant teeth. The flesh-eating Allosaurus. The Triceratops, a horned dinosaur in battle with the savage Ceratosaurus. You will share the unending thrills and excitement of a world of primitive wonders, of primeval terror and savagery. You will indeed live in another world, in another time, as the centuries fall back to reveal the Earth one million years BC. the fabulous Raquel Welch as Loana the Fair One. John Richardson as Tumac.
0: And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis to this film is Prehistoric Man Tumac. Is banished from his savage tribe and meets pretty Loana. He belongs to a gentle coastal tribe, but he must fight caveman Pato to win her favors. It's a movie that came out in 1966. It's a Hammer Horror production. It's got a 92-minute runtime and it's classed as a adventure fancy movie. So, Derek, um, I'll let you pick this one today, mate. So, what made you pick uh, this this movie?
1: It's, a, it's kind of a important movie for me, this one, because mm. you know, I always saw like the poster for this movie growing up as a kid, you know uh, I think I actually owned like an old like VHS of dinosaur trailer compilations Yeah and I think that's maybe the first place I heard of this movie and I always wanted to see it because, you know I just saw uh, dinosaurs <laughs> you know it intrigued me it looked like one of the better movies from that trailer compilation and i'm like one day i found the vhs i'm not actually sure how i came in process with the vhs it was one of those like 20th century Fox selects yeah. dvd's you know had like the band and stuff or like greatest hits how they used to do those and i took it home and i was kind of taken back by it cuz it wasn't like any movie i ever seen before it was very interesting to be so engaged with a movie with barely any of the English language in it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And oh.
1: I, I And, you know, this thing melds genres. It melds two things that I love, and that is Hammer and Ray Harryhausen.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And with that aspect of it, I think it's a very important film. And this is probably the reason why I love a lot of foreign films, because I used to just watch movies in English, and this is one of the examples where I'm watching this and they're just making up gibberish words for it, like,
0: Onga, Ega
1: Onga, you know?
0: Mm. Like- oh, yeah. My go-to Ray Harryhausen movies usually something like Jason and the Argonauts or uh, Valley of Guaranty, uh, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, which are pretty much the mainstream ones. So when you picked this one, I was kind of like, okay, You know, because bite-sized cinema is all about picking out these um, rare movies or the ones that don't get spoken about that much. You know, that much. And then I watched this film the other day, and to be honest with you, I haven't seen it for a long time. And then I watched it, and I thought, wow, like what you just said there. There, There's no um, English dialogue in this at all. You know, there's a little bit of narration at the beginning. And then it's all, like you said, it's all, uh, uh, jungle, uh, jungle, jungle, and all this, like, caveman. But the thing is, by the time I got to the end of the movie, I thought, I actually understand what's going on with this film because of the body language of the actors and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, that's, that's a testament to this film, you know. it's I, I got to the end of the film, and I thought, I, I actually understand what was going on.
1: Yeah, it's like a basic story where, you know, you you get what's going on, like... Going ahead of ourselves, but like the funeral scene, we see like two because mm. Tumac's from a different tribe. He's not used to this kind of aspect of uh, the main character. Tumak is uh, played by John Richardson, by the way, who, mm. great British actor. It was in a few of my favorite Italian movies. Let's time say, yes. But yeah. we could talk about, you know, we could talk about that later. Uh, it's really interesting uh, the body language that he gives of the scene, and then you know when he gets in that epic fight scene with. Uh, blonde uh you know Dolph Lundgren looking dude <laughs> <And then> that, <laughs> I like that it's, yeah that's
0: a good way to describe it
1: <laughs> you know it's it's an interesting aspect to a movie where you're engaged you know and you you get nice eye candy in this movie because, oh yeah as you know oh yeah with um
0: uh, Raquel Raquel Welk she became become yeah. she up become that poster Babe, didn't she? She she's absolutely stunning in this film, and there's a little bit of a Easter egg for her in. Is it the Shawshank Redemption, isn't it? Where he she's up in the yep. cell. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's stunning, and like and talking about stunning, also with you know Raquel Welk and the setup of this movie is also the dinosaurs in this film. As you said, you know, I, I remember as a kid, I thought these are amazing. They've got so much um, conviction to them that Ray Harryhausen stop motion. They look like real dinosaurs, even today. <laughs> I just think you know they just got that sort of menace about them. Just the detail. It's just everything that makes this feel magic.
1: It, it's just a you know in the sets. This is probably like a. This is one of Hammer's like most expensive objections. because. They rebuild like these giant caves and all this crazy stuff that they do build for this movie. It's insane looking. Mm. You know, like I'm looking at the scope of detail of you know cave drawings and like the texture of the caves. Yeah, it's so well done for the time.
0: Well, they actually filmed this on um, a Canary Island, um, just off the the west coast of Africa, the Canary Islands, the Spanish islands, uh, one of them's called Tenerife, is where they filmed this, it's where I've been on holiday, and I've actually been to the film set of this, and it's actually an old volcano, and the, the volcano, volcanic terrain, and you go, I went there last year, and I thought, yep, you can see this is 1 million years BC, it just looks, and even when I watched the film the other day, I thought, yeah, that's. I've, I've been to that location, it looks the same today. Um, which kind of, again, it gives it that bit of uh, conviction. And again, I think, like you said, I think they built some of the sets up at um, Elstree or Pinewood Studios uh, back in the UK. So, um, yeah, after watching this film again, there's quite a lot that's gone into it. And like you say, it's quite an important film for cinema in terms of trying to tell a story without actually using any dialogue.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a... You know, you look at movie. I like all that a lot of like these, you know, prehistoric caveman movies. Hmm. Even like some of the cheesier ones that came out later, like you know, Clan of the Bear Clan. You know, yeah, you know, the Daryl Hannah one. You know, some of them are cheesy in some aspects. You know, yeah, they like, do. Quest for Quest for Fire is one that actually kind of rivals this one in the epicness of what's going on in the story and has like a realistic feel to more to that one where mm. you know you in this one you see raquel welsh just walking around with like yeah. a little pearl like fucking pocketbook <laughs> which is like, you it's, know there's a little cheese i won't lie mm. there's a little cheese i don't mind movie, cheese i don't want
0: cheese man <laughs> you
1: know you know but you know i shut my brain off to it too you know uh, you know one of my like, other podcasts he's been like look at that yeah well, a it's, Ooh, that's not
0: real I tell you, who else is guilty of this as well is actually Ringo Starr. He was in a film called Caveman. I think probably I think it might have yeah. been in the like late sixties, early seventies. You know, it's it's crazy. And also, I won't,
1: Doug I won't lie. To, I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. I, I won't lie. I was when I was watching this, I was having like *Caveman* flashbacks. Mm.
0: And. Yeah, and then obviously, I think this set off the trend for the dinosaur movie as well. As I was just about to say, you had uh, the Doug McClure movies as well, uh, which were very fond movies of mine. The Land That Time Forgot, At the Earth's Core, um, Warlords of Atlantis, uh, like I say, you had the Valley Guanji. I, I love these films. I like these films because they're all, every single one of them seemed to have their own sort of charm that was kind of different in their own sort of way. So you had like Guanji with the Cowboys. Land at Time forgot with the German U-boat. So I like the way they just mix the terrain up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, yeah. I like Jurassic Park and I'm a big fan of the original one, but I just think that we need to come away from that setting. And I'd love to see a, a different type of dinosaur movie today. Do you know what I mean? I love the genre. I just like to see something done a little bit different. Um, I think it just needs to go in a different direction.
1: Yeah, like, I agree with you because every time it's like they're going to the island again, uh, you know. It's getting a bit boring
0: now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, just,
1: you know, and like the the last one, it was like, it was like, uh, you know, uh, I was, I'm going to go, we're going to release the dinosaurs in the city. But then I'm I'm hearing what the new one is going. It's like. They're going to just go back to another island? They're like, Why aren't they just having the di- fighting the dinosaurs on the island? I get it. It's because there's not a lot of dinosaurs in America right now. They're going to go back to the island and get more dinosaurs. Yeah. Fuck
0: nature up again, uh, I quote Ricky Morgan again here. I think he'll agree with me. Show me something different. You know what I mean? Just go and do something different, you know, like with the land that time I forgot. Let's go back to World War One. Let's get a German U-boat that finds a land of dinosaurs or get a plane that crashes on a mysterious island or something like that. Some, something, something on that sort of trend, you know what I mean? Just just to sort of give it a bit of different flavour. Yeah, and, and I think um, Skull Island did it for me recently do you know what I mean where you had they, they sort of chucked in the sort of Vietnam versus monsters and I, I enjoyed that film I thought it's kind of going back to the old um, that type of genre of movie and I thought that worked quite well
1: yeah, yeah yeah for sure it was funny you said like, we were talking about The Land of Time forgot it because mm. you know that was actually made by like the rival studio of Hammer 2 Amicus mm. those are Amicus yeah. productions also yeah. Yeah. So you you look at like actually when we we actually just did a Hammer show recently I'm like mm-hmm. my co-host Matt was like is that a Hammer or amicus? I'm like you know we mm-hmm. actually just did the Lost Continent I that was the first time watch that's a Hammer movie that I'd never seen before yeah and that that's a fun one it kind of mixes genre because it starts out like a soap opera you know at sea like movie <laughs> and it turns into a killer seaweed movie <laughs> it <was> like, what. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go man you can't you can't beat killer seaweed
1: <laughs> for sure i guess
0: that's what i'm talking about that's something different isn't it do you know what i mean uh um, yeah. but yeah amicus was the yeah the other studio wasn't it which a lot of people say oh is that a hammer but it's it's got the same sort of tone to it isn't it uh, yeah
1: plus they share characters and actors and all that good stuff so yeah it's that's I right
0: yeah, obviously, I think uh, obviously, yeah, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion. I think they were both involved with both of those studios at the time, which is like and, a little bit of a crossover. And,
1: yeah, and ironically enough, my favorite movie with them is neither studio. It's my favorite, Peter Cushion, Christopher Lee combo is Horror Express. Oh yeah, where you just watch. We're like, like a, almost like thirty minute hour into the movie, and then Telly Savalas comes out nowhere and steals the show.
0: Mm. <laughs> I mean, look at Who that. Who
1: loves c- a good baby?
0: Look at that castle. So <laughs> like right there, you've got Christopher Lee, Peter Cushion, and Teddy Zavallis on a train, firing a, a caveman that's been possessed by an alien. And you're just thinking,
1: yeah, wow, was,
0: <laughs> What a movie, you, you know. You know,
1: you, you know what's a good double feature with that movie is uh, 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 actually another Hammer movie. It's a <laughs> uh, Quatermass Quater in the Pit. Oh, that, that would God, a,
0: yeah. A, oh. <laughs>
1: 'Cause you know, it goes into like that thing where you're like the devil's really Yeah. You know, aliens and yeah. shit, yeah. heaven and hell. I like that aspect of both those movies.
0: Well it's funny you say that because um Quite a Mass in the Pit is actually John Car- John Carpenter did Prince of Darkness as a as a homage or remake to Quite Mass in the Pit. Um, same sort of thing. You know, Devil in a Green Banister yeah. and obviously a spaceship and obviously you've got as we mentioned horror express you've got something that's been in the ice for thousands of years we've heard heard that as well and obviously the thing you know so all those films have all kind of got that same sort of connection something historic something evil and then you've got a bunch of heroes trying to take it on so that formula works isn't it you know it's just amazing
1: yeah yeah it is and you know i i have a funny suspicion because you know I like, actually just did a top ten show of '85, like a few months ago, and one of the films I chose was Life Force, and I'm like, oh, yeah. during like when I was talking about Life Force, I'm like, it's just a giant coked out version of Equator Mass movie. <laughs> yes, you <know>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know, <laughs> well, there's a lot of cocaine floating around in the '80s. We all know that. <laughs> it,
1: it, and funny enough, actually, you were mentioning Guanji earlier. Mm. You know, Guanji's fucking grandfather is in this movie. He's oh. the Allosaurus that they fight. In. It's great.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. There's a little bit of a tie in there. Yeah, I thought I saw that bit yeah. of trivia. Yeah, you can see that now, can't you? There's me, yeah, thinking like, it, there's me thinking it's a T-Rex, but it's not. It's an Allosaurus, whatever that is. <laughs> it looks like a T-Rex, yeah. but there
1: you go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny, and then like Gwaji is like, never forget.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um. man. So let's have a look at the... So you've got the director of this film. So it's a Hammer Horror movie, or Hammer movie. Uh, you've got Don Chaffee, who's a British film director that um, created this movie. And he also directed Jason the Argonauts. Um, he did some uh, TV work as well. He did TJ Hooker, MacGyver, and he also did a Jerry Anderson's uh, Stingray. So he's been involved Ooh. in lots of other stuff uh, from that time. And then going back to, you said John Richardson. Now, yeah, he's you know he's a hell of an actor in this as well. And uh, I'll put that down on my notes as well, that he's a, an Italian genre Actor as well. I think he worked with Mario Barber on a, was it a film called Black Sunday. So, you know, yep. which again, you know, as you know, these these uh, Italian films are working their, their way up the ranks, through, particularly through Arrow Video. Yeah.
3: Uh,
0: which uh, uh, the- Dun- Duncan McLeish knows all about, as I've said before. I'm pretty sure the bloke's got shares in uh, Arrow Video. If <laughs> he goes on about yeah, it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the two movies that I know. Uh- John Richardson from, uh, uh, he's in Sergio Martino's Torso, mm.
0: which,
1: which is pretty rad and awesome. It's an awesome movie, uh, and he's also in Umberto Lindsay's Eyeball, which, if you understand the title of that movie, you know what
0: that movie's about. Okay, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, and again, he's a he's a he's a good-looking guy, isn't he? Do you know, what I mean, he's got real striking features about him, and I think he's. He he's acting credibility in this movie really works well. In terms of what I said earlier, they don't talk, but you can. his physical actions kind of t- say a lot. And I was going to say the other films for me that kind of worked like this was um, uh, Apocalypto. Um, just yeah, bring, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? A film where um, for me I, I'm not. I haven't really watched an awful lot of films with subtitles, but I kind of that film worked for me do you know what I mean in terms of you know body actions and it it tends to go on quite you know it moved at a very good pace
1: I I like that film a lot too yeah
0: yeah great movie great movie that's one I might need to actually cover on the on the show sometime
1: Fuck, the most fucked up ending ever in a movie isn't yeah
0: that? that's right isn't it yeah that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think we could probably reel through a few fucked up endings for a movie um, for sure so should we have a look at this film then um, Derek Should we have a little run through of kind of what goes on throughout the movie so yeah, yeah,
1: you know it's a pretty basic structure. You know, this one might go over smoothly. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got some, I've got some notes here with it, but like you say, it's a basic structure because it is basically a film about two tribes. You so see, you've got the rock people and the gentle sort of shelf people that live by the sea, and then you've got like a, a branch out story between. Obviously Raquel Welk's um, character And Richardson's character Tumac, They kind of form a little bit of an allegiance They kind of fall in love with each other Um, And then you've got some dinosaur fights In there which are great Um, And like I say You've got uh, You've you've kind of got that sort of Two tribes that go to war haven't you So do you know what I mean The, The gentle shell people and the rock tribe
1: Uh, yeah you can see like the differences between the tribes right when we get into the start of the movie where it opens up with them hunting a wild boar yeah
0: that's right yeah that's it because the the interesting thing here for me is that the the rock people seem even more primitive do you know they, Mm -hmm. they can just about make a bit of communication between each other um they live in a a cave, which is again, is very primitive. Primitive tools. I don't even think they have spears, which is a vital point to this movie, isn't it? And then you've obviously got like a, a rivalry between two brothers, one being Tumac uh-huh. and his father, and um, Tumac gets banished from from his tribe, and this is where the, the story branches out to the um, the shell people on the on the beach.
1: And you see the difference right away because you know once he gets there, they're you know they're they're using tools, they're yeah. actually having like you know conversations and building like a society. They have like little huts and stuff as we see, yeah. and it, it's a great aspect of the movie. It's like because you know when later on when you know they leave and stuff, and Raquel goes to meet the rock people, they're like, I don't like. She's like, I don't like this place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't
0: yeah, like
1: your true. friends too much.
0: Yeah, because this is this is where like I say, Tumac, um he gets introduced to a spear, doesn't he? And uh, yeah. he, he's he finds that as a handy tool. And when he's on the beach, he's he's making a bit of an allegiance, isn't he, with with the shell people? And then you get that, as you mentioned earlier, the grandfather of Guanji that turns up to the Allosaurus, and you get a pretty cool fight here. Between uh, Tumac and the Shell people, and you know, it's it's a really good um, Harry Houston scene here, isn't it? Where you've got the stop animation and some fights, and I've seen that in all the hey. movies, you know, Simbad, uh, Guanji. It's just it brings a it, it brings a real warmth to me watching that on screen. It takes me right back to my childhood mm. watching these films, you know.
1: And I gotta say, like, just the. You know, for this movie in particular, mm. even like the detail of like the little claymation people. Oh yeah. usually is some aspects of it that takes me out. It doesn't take me out in this one in that aspect because they're so detailed. Like even like the little claymation people in this movie, and that aspect of it, I think he branches out mm. and did something a little bit different because you know some of his more human-like characters in claymation, you can see like. Okay, you could tell that's fake. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like a human, you know. Yes. But, you know, you know that aspect of it. It looks so good in this movie and mm. uh, even before the Allosaurus, like I was so hard on for like the giant turtle because that thing was just epic looking.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention the Allosaurus. Yeah, that uh turtle because that is um I think that's one of the second or third dinosaurs that you see in this film, isn't it? Or, you know, one of the creations. And it is, yeah, again, it's just that Harryhausen epic moment, isn't it? Of stop animation. It looks awesome. And it's got so much uh, conviction to it as well when I see it. Um, And I've said this before, you know, CGI has done a lot of good stuff, you know, in recent times. But you look at this film from 1968 and I still think these effects hold up really well you know they're, just, they're amazing they look real um,
1: yeah, yeah the only cheesy aspect of it is they do use a real iguana for the iguana <laughs> <And> you're like,
0: <laughs> yes yes I was going to say that you get
1: flashbacks to the Lost World like the you know the I know you know the one where they use lizards and they yeah. dressed them up as dinosaurs yeah. and you know it kind of yeah. had that aspect to it which I like but you're like okay you, there's no stop motion in this scene and you're like I forgot about the scene because like, it's been a while, since, a few mu- years since I've seen this movie. I'm like, oh, I forgot there was an actual iguana. They didn't just use all stop motion in this movie. I'm like, oh, I was kind of like, whoa, look, <laughs> like, yeah, that, and then they had like the fake rubber tongue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's the only thing. That's my only criticism of this film is I think that kind of harms a movie for me because yeah, you know you got sure. the. Um, I've got to mention you had a uh, you had a diplodocus. Um, which you see, which is another stop animation, and like you say, and then they chuck in, like you just said, the uh, real Iguanodon. and I'm glad you mentioned the Lost World because I remember that film. <laughs> We're going to look for live dinosaurs, but yeah, I remember that movie, and um, I just think it just harms it because I thought I don't think you really needed that. Yeah, you know, just yeah, it's not like it. just want to say this. It's not like
1: a Bird Eye Gordon movie. <laughs> you no, know, no, I see.
0: I liked the fact that they chucked in um, goats and wild boar and maybe some snakes or stuff like that because, let's face it, that's what Caveman probably would have been dealing with back in those times. Um, Because just as a little bit of a history lesson here, guys, um, uh, dinosaurs didn't actually... um, They weren't about in the time of the Caveman, apparently. Uh, they were 66 yeah. million years ago and we've only been about on the planet for three thousand 300,000 years. So, But I, I'm not going to worry about that. It's a movie, it's a fantasy movie and it works just fine. So it's just, yeah, it, it, for me it works fine. But um, yeah, it, it, the only thing that just harmed the movie a little bit was that Iguanodon. But apart from that, everything else, you know, like say, the stop animation works just fine, I think
1: yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing still, and, you know, it blends in well with the actual story where, you know, like, you know, once the, you know, the allosaur and the turtle comes about and, you know, you're, you're in for the ride. And then the aspect where, you know, Tumac ends up leaving like the shell people later on in the movie and Raquel goes with I'm like, oh yeah, you go Tumac, you got the prettiest girl out of the bunch.
0: Who would have figured? <laughs> I think, though, in real life, um, Richardson actually got together with one of the other girls, apparently, in real life, but there you go. It's just I, I think so, too. I, I
1: was actually reading that, too, actually. It's a weird-ass, you know, it's like, uh, I wouldn't want to recall it, personally, but, you um, know, but whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah, because Raquel Welk, for me, she she also reminds me of um, Ursula Undress from uh, The the James Bond Girl. And I Yeah, th- yeah. I can see that. I think she was also in Clash of the Titans as well. So it's just, as, you know, these these pretty girls, you know, they, they turn up in all these films.
1: Yeah, you know, like Raquel Welsh in Fantastic Voyage with that tight white suit on. I'm like, oh, yeah, girl, you got it going on.
0: Oh, oh yeah, be this be is it. Be careful
1: of Donald Pleasant. Be careful of Donald Pleasant <laughs> over there, though.
0: Nah. <laughs> God, be careful yeah I forgot, I forgot Donald Pleasance was in that film that's it he plays a villain doesn't he in that movie and
1: a spoiler, um, Lord, you don't know until the very end of the movie but yeah Donald Pleasance is the bad
0: guy oh man that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a real naughty scene isn't it with him getting killed by that bacteria isn't it in that um pilot he's getting
1: killed, he's getting killed by a white cell white
0: cell yeah this is it <laughs> he tried to shoot it six the times cell. but it didn't work
1: Okay. No, a number one. No, <laughs> you know, yeah. Great, but you know, you know, you got a little like girl drama in this movie too. Because once they go back to the rock, people, yep. uh, Tumak's old flames, like, who the hell's this bitch? You yeah. know, in the language, and you know, yeah. <laughs> like the looks they get. You know, you. All these scenes remind me later of K-Man, like between Shelley Long and Barbara Bach. It's <laughs> so I like that, yeah.
0: Shelley Long, you man, know. bloody hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is the other thing, is That's a good point, actually. It's uh, where uh, Raquel Welk has that fight, doesn't she, with max old flame. And she... She wins the fight, doesn't she? And she has the opportunity to kill her, but she doesn't. So it's kind of like showing a bit of remorse, isn't it? Which is obviously the gentle side of their tribe. So I like the way they sort of throw that in as well.
1: Yeah, it's not like a Kuba, the, you know, Tumag's brother, who's like earlier in the movie. He's like, "Oh, my dad's hanging from the ledge, huh?"
0: Oh yeah. Bam. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. Goodbye. That's it, at the beginning.
1: I'm the leader now, bitch. I love how he rips. His dad's cloak off that other dude i was holding like i'm wearing this now motherfucker. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah that's it and the, the guy's
1: like then the guy just walks away slowly like oh you're all depressed like, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he must be the leader now he's got this dirty old cloak that he's gonna wear <laughs> um and the other thing just before they get to the because obviously like you say they they get Kind of banished from the shell, people, don't they? As you say, and then we got this fight. But in between that, you have a fight between two other dinosaurs, don't you? You Have a triceratops and another. It's not a T. Rex, but it's a T. Rex-looking dinosaur, isn't it? It's a
1: ceratosaurus, I believe. Ceratosaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm actually reading a little Wikipedia because I watched this a few days ago to remember some of the dinosaurs and aspects of the movie but uh yeah it's a great aspect of it where you know i love that battle too you get you know you kind of got a little bit in like a, you know without this movie we wouldn't have guanji pretty much
0: no no that's <laughs> right like yeah
1: main fight scenes
0: because you have the same you know? fight scene didn't you in guanji didn't you with the triceratops and guanji Um, but in this the difference here is is that the actual Triceratops wins this fight Um, which they kind of just sort of mix it up a bit I guess Um, so yeah the the Triceratops spikes this uh, Ceratorus and um, as I said earlier it's just a lot of conviction in this stop animation because when the Cerataurus is laying down on the ground you can still see him breathing can't you and stuff like that which is pretty cool
1: yeah, it's a good, like, slow-moving, breathing, and it finally stops, usually, yeah. like, it goes back to, like, seeing the poor elephant in, like, 20 million miles to Earth and get its...
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, here you go. So, you've got the... Um, so, Raquel Welk, again, she kind of gets she gets banished again here did not she from the rock tribe and then she gets or no she introduces them to swimming doesn't she tries to sort of teach them their way so they go for a swim I was kind of yeah, I was t- expecting a plesiosaur or something like this to turn up but no get some good old pterodactyls. turn up in this don't you
1: <laughs> yeah throw Pterodact- those in there pterodon just comes swoops down like, I'm going to grab it. he's like he knows what I'm thinking he's like ooh Raquel Welch let's do this yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's it yeah he's he's got his uh, yeah what can we say there man
1: (laughs) Uh, you know uh, if I was a pterodactyl I'd aim for the prettiest girl too I'm just saying
0: yeah she gets thrown around a lot in this movie doesn't she old Raquel Welch
1: well, you gotta give her credit for that, you know, she didn't have to be thrown around either, you know, at least she gets handled, you know, and does it, Yeah, yeah I can't say that, with a lot of, like, whatever she was before, she was an actress to be in this movie, you know, in that aspect, it's an interesting thing, you know, and I, I give her credit, With credit's due, do, she does a great job, like, just rustling around and getting rough and dirty with it,
0: yeah. So you've got this, like I say, you've got this pterodactyl that picks her up and then she gets dropped and you think she's dead and I think Tumac thinks that she's dead as well. Um, yeah. And then you've got, like, uh, the shell people who have a punch-up with the rock people. So they're having a bit of a... got a bit of a battle here between the two tribes. And then you've got, like... Um, what what you're gonna have typically in a dinosaur movie like this is a volcano. You get a volcano you that gotta. erupts, so and that to me was almost like it was almost like being in this primitive world that was kind of like the god of that time speaking to so say you guys need to sort this shit out between you because I'm just gonna erupt everything and put everything back to normal again. And um, so then you get a, you get a scenehead anywhere. The the ground's moving, isn't it? A few people start getting killed and they get taken in by the ground. Get that lava flowing. Which was a pretty cool scene, I thought. And then... um, And then by the end of it, they're pretty much left to... reunite as two tribes, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They kind of say, well, we've got to put our differences together and we've got to rebuild... Together, so they're sort of it's almost like the volcano is spoken in some sort of way,
1: yeah. It's like, okay, guys, what's left is left. Let's start a new civilization and live happily ever after, yeah. You know,
0: and then that's I is, like
1: that aspect of it,
0: yeah. I mean, and then that's pretty much it, isn't it? Really, do you know what I mean? That's kind of just that film, is, the movie has moved at a pace. And like I say, I, I, watched yeah. this, I watched it and I thoroughly enjoyed it, actually. I I, I kind of saw it as uh, this movie has brought something different to the table. And I guess that's kind of what I like about all the Harryhausen movies. Um, you can pick one up and think, right, as I said earlier, you've got cowboys and dinosaurs. You've got Sinbad. Um, Clash of the Titans. You,
1: you get everything with Ray Harryhausen. yeah. Yeah, that's giant it. Giant octopuses, Yermer, fighting a dog. That's a great... Uh, I loved 20 million miles to earth from one of my favourite Harryhausen creations because it's so unique looking, the monster in that movie.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, is that is that the... Uh, um The dinosaur... Iguanodon. He's sort of
1: like the He's kind of like a lizard person, you know, he's from Venus, you know, he starts out as like a little, little tiny, like, thing, and then he starts growing bigger and bigger due to our atmosphere.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: It's a pretty good one.
0: Doesn't he end up in...
1: ends in like Rome.
0: Rome, yeah, that's right. It's starting to come back to me now, that's right. That's it. Yeah, it's Um, an oldie with goodie. Yeah, that's it. I think one of his early films was it. Is it? It came from beneath the sea. Was it? Was it the one with the octopus?
1: Yeah, it's the one with the octopus and you know, earth flying the flying sorry versus the flying saucers. That one's a tongue twister of a title, you know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, did you ever see the other Hammer dinosaur movie that came out after this one?
0: Was it um, uh, when dinosaurs ruled the earth? Was it that one?
1: Yeah yeah it's not Harry House and of course it's like Jim Danfer does the effects which
0: oh right okay uh,
1: because Jim Danfer, no slouch and stop motion either <laughs> you know uh, it, it it's a little different I, I like how they kind of spin things and you know change the story up you know and I like that aspect of that one this one is just timeless though
0: yeah the one with um when dinosaurs ruled the earth, one of the moments in that I think was with the crabs. They have, they yeah. start attacking the cavemen, didn't they? And I thought that was pretty cool. That kind of stands out a little bit for me. Um, again, it's got a lot of conviction about it. I think the other one was it, um, I'm not sure if Harry Housen did it, it might have been somebody else. Uh, Fantasy Island. Uh, Myster-
3: Mysterious
0: no, mis- Island. Oh, sorry, and Mysterious that's Island. Harry house, I know. That was Harry house wasn't it?
1: yeah fantasy islands that tv show like
0: the plane the plane oh the <laughs> guy, guy from the uh the man with the golden gun <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there's any i don't think there's any stop animation in that i don't think so i might be wrong it's uh got ricardo um it's got a guy from rafa khan in it isn't it um, he's in that yep. yeah that's the one
1: yeah that's it I know him as Khan. Khan
0: Khan yeah great Star Trek movie that one. <laughs> on a bit of a tangent yeah mm. it's a,
1: that's always good though tangents
0: are always good oh man we're, we're all about tangents on this show especially on bite-sized cinema um, I'll like say Dan, Dan my regular co-host on the show knows about that me and him are always going off at once <laughs> little shout out to Dan good there. stuff yeah so um, so there you go, guys. That's uh, one million years BC in a sort of pretty much by sized way there. Um, Derek, we haven't sort of overrun it too much. We've kind of condensed. We've given some love to Ray Harry House and all of those movies. I mean, as you know, we both love those movies. So they're just go-to, uh, fun, kind of like a Sunday afternoon movie for me. Do you know what I mean? You know, if it's raining outside yeah, or something yeah. like that, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, we didn't really talk about the movie scene by scene, but with this type of movie, it's actually better not to talk about all the scenes because you get a little bit more joy in that aspect of it too, you know, where if you just experience, like I did the movie Lost in Translation uh, recently with my co-host Carly. And if I just talked about every scene in that movie, it'd be like, they went to the elevator. They went back to the elevator, you know. It's kind of like that type of plot too, where, you know, they walk in the desert. They go sit down. They go walk in the desert some more, you know. You can't do that with certain movies. No, you can't.
0: I I think you mentioned it at the beginning of this show. That's kind of what I do with this show generally. I just get a bit of a feel for how we're going to get from A to B. And I think one million years BC is just about just talking about main points. And in some ways Raquel Welsh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Raquel Welch. In some ways that is one million years BC, isn't it? It it does get you from A to B in a funny sort of way. But not in the typical fashion that a movie does, if that kind of makes sense, because it doesn't have any dialogue in it. But it's i've said this a few times now on this episode it's just it's just about the body language and it works so you know it's it's definitely one worth watching if you're a fan of cinema for sure and um i'm glad we covered this one for bite size yeah it's definitely one that needs to be on there so
1: good stuff
0: is there any more magic that you want to talk about this movie derek is there anything that you think that we haven't covered well, I think we've hit most of the points
1: nothing much like like you mentioned earlier later on like the Shawshank Redemption reuse the poster actually the last poster and Dufresne gets before his big escape mm. and there's a great like reveal where you see like the hole between Raquel's legs and that's where they find the giant hole that he's been digging for Saul these years you know <laughs> it's, it's a great image especially when you look back on like cinema it's an iconic poster too so it's great that it came up and was used in such a unique way for the reveal for the movie.
0: Yeah, because I guess cause, cause Raquel Welch is a beautiful-looking woman. as a beautiful-looking poster. All you're going to do is look at that poster, aren't you? You're not going to do anything else. So I suppose it's a massive diversion for his character in that movie, isn't it? You know, just on a...
1: Yeah, you know, I I just love Raquel Welch. A little side note. Uh, there's this if you're a fan of Westerns, there's like this great rape revenge Western called Hanny Calder. Right. With Cal Welsh in it. And it's fantastic because she's going against the three guys that killed her husband and raped her. Right. And the three guys that killed her husband and raped her are Ernest Borgnine, Martin, and Jack Elm. <laughs> oh, so it's like,
0: what? Yeah, now you mention it, I think I might have seen that movie late one night, actually. Now you mentioned Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's a Gone production it even has like a weird good guy role for Christopher Lee in the movie he actually has like a small cameo role as the guy who makes her gun before it's actually well you know it's a pretty much a Richard Weidmark and Raquel Welsh going on a journey and he's training her to be a gun hand pretty much it's a good aspect it's a good movie uh a fantastic voyage, another childhood favorite of mine. We we might have to cover that sometime, RJ. Oh, uh, I'll I'll be know, happy. Even to... we talked about a certain yeah, be... it's such you know, fuzz the Boston cop movie with Burr Reynolds. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah, it, the list goes on. You know, it's just a movie where this is the first movie I've seen Raquel Welch in, and yeah, she's one of the ones that got me to. Look at women in a different way. Pretty mm. much at that time period, I'm like, "Whoa!"
0: Yeah, this is it. Yeah, how am I
1: feeling it. these feelings.
0: And I think she in the Fantastic Voyage. I think she was a brunette in that film, wasn't she? I don't think she was blonde. Yeah, she had like a, a
1: she had like a bowl cut in that movie too. That's right. You know, yeah. it was a totally different look.
0: I've, I've seen that film a couple of times, another film I grew up with, and I think it definitely put you down for that, Derek. I'll be happy to uh, cover that one with you. Um, but for I, sure. I, didn't, I didn't realize that was Raquel Welk, actually. Now you think about it. Now I'm recovering it. Um, so, yeah, that's no, good stuff, man. So thank you, Derek. Thank you for coming on to the show today for this. I uh, really appreciate it. Just before I do some admin for the show, I was going to ask you, what, what have you got coming up next on your, your podcast? I know you.
1: Uh, like I said, uh, we just recorded a new episode of Cinema Attack. We did Hammer Horror, where we did, we actually, all three of us picked the movies, uh, we picked our own movie there on our show. Uh, I have the host who picked and chose the movie that they wanted to do, host the film where they ask us questions and stuff like that. So, you know, Debbie chose Curse of the Werewolf, Oliver Reed. Oh, I could go on so many tangents about Oliver Reed in general. Mm. But uh, I'll save it keep it short. Uh, Matt chose The Lost Continent. And I chose... Speaking of titillation, Tw- Twins of Evil. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 yeah. You know, we, we, uh, I kind of drooled over my part of that review. I was just <laughs> blowing that movie because it's one of my favorite Hammer yeah. movies of all time. Uh, yeah, That that should be out soon. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, they're here. We just recorded an episode on creature features, which I mentioned in the intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, late, we did slugs and a splinter, but it was also kind of a catch-up episode because we were originally supposed to do another show. Yeah, and it's been so long since we recorded, we couldn't find a date to record, that we just ended up like talking about the movies anyways in that episode that we were supposed to do. So, it was a good episode. We actually had fun with that one. It was a, it was a fun to get back. It was kind of when you hear it, we're like, "Oh, we forgot to mention this, Lacey." You know, we forgot to do the list. You know, it was like it was like ground zero. We were just trying to remember how to do everything again. But, uh, I like our format; it's very loose. And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, we forgot to do that." You know, it's whatever. There's no, there's not a lot of editing aspect to that show, but it's fun still. Uh, Underwater kaiju actually is making its return after a few month hiatus, and we're starting to record actually tomorrow. RJ, which means I had a lot of movie watching to do today, where we're going to be covering Godzilla versus Destroyer.
0: Love those movies, man. Uh, that's another, oh, yes. that's another uh, genre I need to cover on bite sized cinema because I grew up with those films as well. Um, so, yeah. Okay, and Derek, well, thank you very much. Uh, again, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's just great for you and me to talk some. You know, a film together and get you on board and that. And uh, love to have you on the show again, which I think will be The Fantastic Voyage sometime in the future, mate. So, yeah, Sounds look forward good, to that. Okay, then, guys. Well, um, hope you enjoyed the episode there. Um, for a little bit of admin for the show, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So, please go and check out all the other shows on there. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on Spotify and iTunes. And I'm on YouTube, and I've got several other players on the internet, if you put in Bite sized Cinema Podcast Legion. And I've also got a Facebook page where I'm most active, so please put anything on there, any films you want me to perhaps maybe have a look at, or put any comments or anything like that. So we've got a really good group on there. So, And again, thank you to anybody who's listening, you know, my listeners out there, uh, for your contributions on that page as well. And I will be back soon, because obviously we've got the Horror Month coming up, so it's uh, something we're very excited about on the Legion podcast, it's almost like our festival season. And I've got a busy month in October, starting with, as I mentioned earlier, The Prince of Darkness, where I've got Ricky Morgan and Dan Bone joining me for that show. I've also got uh, Darren Wilson from the Psychosomatic uh, podcast joining me for In the Mouth of Madness, and I've also got... um, dan and gary hill joining me for jason six and uh, gonna be doing friday no not friday the 13th before we mentioned that i'm gonna be doing um 91 elm street part three dream warriors with dan Bone. so i've got a busy month busy month so lots of content coming out there so there you go guys so as always keep it bite size, keep it safe and i'll see you soon